0: In the name of Jesus, amen. And now, this morning we're going to be talking a lot about family as our theme is Family Matters. But the first thing I want to do is acknowledge that family is a complicated thing for a lot of people. And so family can, can kind of be hard to talk about. Uh, family can, can be hard to think about. Maybe it brings you a lot of pain to think about your family, or maybe it brings a lot of joy. But, but first of all, let's just acknowledge that no two families are the same. All of them are complex, and some have been better than others. But one thing we can agree on is that family is important. Family a family plays an extremely prominent role in all of our lives, for better or for worse. And families are, are really interesting because no two family dynamics are the same. All of them are, are different and complex, and they're, they're wonderful or, or, or maybe not so wonderful. They're beautiful or maybe not so beautiful. But, but one thing that all families sort of have in common is this. Every family sort of shares a family name. We, we here kind of talk about it as our, our last name. It's that name that identifies you with, uh, with kind of your group of people. So this morning, well, we're going to kind of look at family names for a little bit because, because with that name oftentimes comes reputation. Uh, family names bring with them reputation, whether it's in your school. Uh, whether it's here at, at church, whether it's in your community out in Hermantown, maybe it's in your place of employment where you work, all of it can kind of come back to we know this family. And now, if you're really one of those people that is well-known, maybe your family name actually transcends time. It goes back even into the depths of history. And so this morning, we're going to look and play a little game. We're going to play Name That Family. And so we're going to show a picture on the screen. And I want to see if you can kind of name who that family is. So if you want to put the first one up there this morning, can we name this family? Who's that family? The Manning family, and the Manning family, is, is well known for their ability to read defenses and throw footballs, right? That is what they do, and they do it, and have done it really, really well. Well, let's go to the next family. It's a little hard to see, but which family is this? The Kennedys, yeah, when you get to the black and white pictures, kids, you know you're out of it, right? It's over. Yeah, you have no chance, right? This is the Kennedy family, and they're, they're known, for, for a few things, but I, I kind of know them for their political prowess and their ability to kind of, well, win elections and, and, and control. Well, let's go to the next one. All right, do we know who this family is? The, the royal family, right? We don't even need to use their actual name. I don't think anyone actually knows their name. We just know them as the royal family, right? And, and quite frankly, I'm not actually sure what they're known for other than the fact that they were born in the right bloodline, right? Right? But but they are the royal family, right? Uh, let, let's go to the next, next, next family. Who, who do we have here? Ah, uh, the family Von Trapp. That's right, the Von Trapp family. And, and they are known, well, for being wonderful singers, right? Musicians. And this is the fictional family based on the real family from Sound of Music. But we all know them. Let's go to the next guy, the next person that represents a family. Now, this one might be a little difficult. Does anyone know the family that this guy comes from? The toughest one. This is the patriarch of the Rockefeller family. And, and everyone knows the name, even if they don't know the face. And the Rockefellers are famous for what? Magnificent, absurd wealth. Right? The, ri- the richest people, maybe, in history, maybe. And let's go to one more, the one I think we'll all maybe know extremely well. Which family do we have here? Ah, yes, the Adams family, right? And the Adams family are known for being kind of, kind of endearing, but also extremely spooky, but quite seemingly wonderful. <laughs> See, all of these families, you, you knew their names, and with them, you knew their reputation. See, our names matter, and our family matters, and, and we associated that name with that family. You can, you can, you can maybe take away the Adam's Family, so we don't have to look at it the whole time uh, for, for now. Don't need to scare anyone. <laughs> and now, the reason I bring up names and families is because you can't separate family from names, and, and names are extremely important. And the names are important to everyone because we all have them. We all have our own names. And I can guarantee that your parents probably thought at least for a few moments or a really long time what they were going to name you. They, they thought about it. They maybe even prayed about it. They went over different options. Maybe they practiced yelling it so when they got mad and had to use the full thing, they knew what it would sound like. See, but all of these names probably have some meaning. They probably have a reason, but these names are each given to you. They are important. And the reason we know they're important is because God also cares about names. God cares a a lot about names. Throughout the scriptures we have multiple examples of God actually giving people a specific name. Uh, But the thing that's interesting about God, not only does he care about names, he actually cares about giving people a new name name uh, there's four people that we can, I can think of from the top of my head the first one in Genesis chapter 12 is a man his name's Abram and he's just a righteous man God just said you're going to be the one and and he says Abram go and you're going to you're going to make me a great nation i'm going to make you a great nation you're going to lead my people i have chosen you and eventually he gets a new name from Abram to Abraham, Abraham. Uh, there's another guy in the scriptures he's a twin right one of two brothers his name's Jacob Right? And Jacob was actually the younger, so he didn't get all of the good stuff until Jacob did something actually quite, quite awful. He actually stole his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing. And, and this man, he went, and one day, he was going to meet his brother finally after years of estrangement, and he actually did this marvelous thing. He, he wrestled with God. <laughs> and from that moment on, after he wrestled with God, God gave him a new name, and he would call him what? Israel. We go to the New Testament, and we go to the Gospel of Matthew. We were there only a few weeks ago, and there's this man, uh, and he, he's, uh, he's one of the disciples of Jesus, and he actually goes by this name Cephas for a while, and, and he makes this grand confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus looks at him and said, says, Your name is now Peter. And then finally, there was this Jewish man, and he was walking on the road to Damascus one day, He was actually going there for kind of a dastardly thing. He was going there to to actually to to actually kill and and arrest these new things called Christians. And on his way there to do about go about his task, he struck in the moment with a flash of lightning, this bright light, and there before him is the resurrected Lord Jesus. And this man's new name goes, and he says, You're now not gonna be called Saul, but your name will be Paul. Jesus is interested in giving new names because names matter and see just like Abraham, Israel, Peter, and Paul you have each been given a new name. See in holy baptism You were brought to the waters, or maybe you walked here on your own, and there in those waters you were met with God himself in his word, and there you received the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, God said, You are my child. I have chosen you. Look how wonderful and beautiful you are. You are worth dying for. Everything I have is yours. You are all people with the name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, inscribed on your hearts. And by having this new name, you have brought, been brought into a new family. This family of faith here, and you, you, you are in a family not only that is local here, you're in a family that, that spans the histories. You, you're in a family that goes into the test of time, and you are in a family that goes beyond what we can see. <laughs> so, see, you have siblings with the names like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, and Paul, you, you have siblings named named Timothy and Titus and Augustine and Tertullian and Saint Patrick. You have siblings named Martin Luther and Martin Chemnitz. You have siblings named C.F.W. Walther, if you even know who he is. But you are their sibling and brother and sister. <laughs> We are in a family of faith that that spans generations, not only in the past, but into eternity. This is your family. And God has brought you to be a part of his family here in our little piece of heaven called Peace in Christ. And this family, this family matters. And this family here, just like every family, has its own reputation. See, this family of faith has its reputation of what people expect us here to be, things that give us our identity, things that people know us for. So this morning, this morning you should have a little yellow sheet for sermon notes that's not just for the confirmation students, it's for all of you, adults included, right? And this morning, for the rest of our sermon, we're going to look at eight different things that make us peace in Christ. But not only peace in Christ, eight different things that make us the church here in this place. So so the first thing, the first thing on this list is going to be this. We grow together. We grow together by, by studying the scriptures together. We, we grow in our faith together by, by gathering here in worship where we hear the word of God preached and where we come and we, we learn and grow in, in more. We learn and grow together by, by raising our children in the faith together. We, we, we send them to Sunday school. If you haven't signed up yet, you, you, should, you should do that. But we, we raise them. We, we grow together by, 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 by teaching our children the faith through confirmation. Confirmation's coming up, just so you know. Parents with confirmands, we're coming up here. We grow together in youth group, where they not only eat pizza and play games, but they actually learn and read the scriptures. We grow together in Christian maturity as we grow in knowledge of God's word and in faith and in trust in it. Because God's word is the truth. God's word is where we meet Jesus. God's word is what brings us and then keeps us in the faith. God's word matters. The second thing we do, now if you're like my family, we're a family who likes to sing together. So as a family of faith here, we sing together. Now we sing a lot of different songs in our house, but a lot of them are songs that that kind of that kind of account for our favorite stories ever told, right? We, we sing songs talking about, I don't know, frozen cities in far, al- far away places. We, we sing songs about, about families with, with many gifts except for one, one who'd seem to be left out. We sing songs about an island heroine who journeys across the sea. We sing songs about a story that takes place somewhere underneath the sea. We sing songs about the marvelous works of God. See, here at Peace in Christ, we are people, we sing. <laughs> and we sing songs about the stories we care about, so we sing songs about the greatest, truest story ever told. We sing songs about our God and all that he has done for us, and we sing because we have something worth singing about. So don't be afraid to sing. Angels sing, saints sing, we sing, and singing matters. The next thing we do together is we pray together. We pray together not only because God has invited us to do do so, No, we also pray together because prayer is real. No matter what or anyone else says, prayer is real. God listens and he answers them. And so not only do we pray on our own, but we pray with one another and for one another. And I know prayer is probably one of the things that most people in the faith maybe have kind of a hard time doing because we're kind of afraid to do it. We're afraid because we don't know what to say. We're afraid because we don't know how to say it. We're afraid because people might be listening. We are afraid of talking to our Father. But here's all you need to know. God already knows what you're going to say. Nothing will surprise him. Nothing will take him off guard. Nothing will offend him. Nothing will push him away. He will tell you, I know. I am here. Listen to me. So pray together. Lift up one another's burdens, lift up one another's triumphs, pray for and with one another, because prayer matters. The next thing kind of has two parts, and and every family has this. No family is perfect, and especially not this family gathered here is not perfect. It's wonderful, but it's not perfect, (laughs) And in every family, guess what's going to happen if you have maybe siblings or children? You know, they are going to fight. (laughs) Families are going to fight. Spouses are going to fight. Everyone's going to fight. And it's going to be messy, and it's going to be hurtful, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be tough. And you may never want to see these people again, but guess what? Here in this place, when we fight, we confess our sins together. See, we confess we are not like the world. We do not just ignore when bad things happen. We are ones who address them head on. We are not people who just just sweep things under the rug. Instead, we confront sin. We address it and we confess it. And by confessing it, we are then free to forgive. We confess and forgive together because when we confess. And when we forgive, we, we know that those sins are forgiven. This is where our family is different than any other place in the world. In the world, you confess a sin publicly and people will probably, probably say thank you for admitting you were wrong and now they kind of push you away under the rug, they exile you, or they kick you off, or I guess fire you. We don't cast people off. We Forgive. Because God forgives. Confessing and forgiving matter. The next thing uh, might be one of my favorite things. We're going to do this a little bit later, but it's one of my favorite things that Jesus goes around doing. We eat together. And again, if you're like my family, you maybe have this place that's central in the home. Maybe it's the the table where where all of our lives, no matter the chaos, they come and they align maybe once or twice or three times, hopefully four times at least during the week. And everyone comes together and we eat and we feast and we drink and good drink and we eat good food and we converse and talk and all of this is wonderful. But I'm not only talking about eating at an actual table on Wednesday night. We eat here together. We come before God and we come to this table that is set out for you and here we eat and drink and feast on the body and blood of Christ who says, I am giving myself to you. Here, everyone is equal. Here, everyone comes as a sinner needing forgiveness. Here, everyone receives what Jesus has come to give. We eat together. Because eating is important, and it matters. We have three more things here before we wrap this up and land this plane. Now, we've done a lot of receiving of God's gifts together, but the other thing we do now is we actually do something where we give back. We serve together. Because we don't only receive, we actually take what we have and have been given, and we bring it out into the world that is so in need of truth and love, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And so we as a people go into the world, whether it is serving food here in our parking lot or going somewhere far overseas, we go and we bring Christ to the world together. Because here, we are not just a bunch of individuals coming in Jesus. We are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ goes. We go, and, and, and we do not want people to see us and know us as people who are judgmental. We don't want people to see us as, as people who are cruel or, 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 or snooty or, or living in our ivory towers. Instead, we want people to see us and have people think mercy. So we go and we show mercy. Mercy we go and we bring Jesus to the lost. And we are known by the love that we give, and may we be known together. Because serving matters. Now, The last two, I'll admit, might sort of take you off guard. But see, the next thing uh, that we have, it's not really glamorous like the others or something that maybe you expect, But something that has marked the history of the church for centuries and centuries, from the very moment that Jesus ascended and and he sent out the disciples, where they went and preached into all the world, the church went, and wherever they went, they suffered. Everywhere they went, they, they seemed to have persecution following them, but this would not be something that would, that would deter them. This would not be something that would, that would stop them. This would not be something that would slow them down, but instead the church would go into every corner of every place and all throughout the world, and the church would go, and they would suffer, and they would even die together. So I know you didn't expect this on Rally Sunday, but Christians here at Peace in Christ, we will even die together. <laughs> See, because dying is not something we here in this family fear. And all of this, all of this is only possible because in this, in this family... In, in this church, we are not a family who shudders at the very mention of death. In this family, we are not people who who, who turn our back and, and just, just banish death from our minds. We are not people who look at people dying around the world and say, what shall we do? No, we are people that do not fear this because one day, my brothers and sisters, this family will rise together. We are a people who trust in the hope and the promise of the resurrection Of Christ. We are a people who cling to this hope that one day all of us together will rise and we will be with God for eternity and all together singing songs of triumph. We are a people who will one day gather around the throne of the Word made flesh, and we will sing those great hymns of the church, and we will sing those great hymns of triumph, and in that day we will, together with the entire family of faith, be eating and feasting at the marriage feast of the Lamb, where death will be banished and it will be no more. It will be defeated, it will be conquered, and forgiveness will have been won for all. This is what our family is this is who we are my brothers and sisters there is too much pain in the world there is too much darkness and suffering and evil there is too much temptation to walk alone through all of it so when those days come When the time comes and you you feel that you're going through all of this alone, I want you to do something. I want you to go back to the beginning of this sermon, and I want you to remember your name. I want you to remember who you are in Jesus. I want you to remember the family that you belong to. Remember his name. Remember the name he's given you. Remember your family at peace in Christ. Remember this because this family, your family, it matters. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.